Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Jim. I don't care. Whatever you. I'll give you a five-minute warning. Give me a five-minute warning. Five. Okay. Uh, well, I am a compulsive reader, and uh, my name is Jim. That's correct. Hi, yeah. Both those things are correct. Um, I, I would add a couple things. I'm an enthusiastic and a grateful member of Overeaters Anonymous. I love this program. I'm crazy about it. I just uh, can't seem to get enough of it anymore. Uh, and I'm here as a result of a change in my attitude, because I'm going to guarantee you that isn't how I felt when I first came in these rooms. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you my story as best I can remember it. <coughs> I, um, um, I was actually sent here by my uh, AA sponsor, who got tired of listening to me whine about all my problems uh, with compulsive overeating. And he was not a compulsive overeater. But I tried to make one out of it, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and it didn't work worth a damn. And he kept sending me back to you, and my attitude just got worse and worse. And finally, I, I told him, don't send me to OA anymore. I don't belong there. I'm not that sick. I'm not as sick as you guys. I just don't belong there. It's just pissing me off, so forget it and drop it. I said, okay, that's fine with me. You don't want to go, don't go. Uh, at that time, I weighed uh, 255 pounds. I had had uh, two uh, heart operations as a result of uh, my health, uh, the obesity in my health. And uh, so uh, I then uh, developed onset diabetes as a result of the obesity. <coughs> and uh, uh, my uh, heart doctor, when he found out that I had uh, contracted the uh, diabetes, uh, his exact words were, well, the clock is running on you now. And and that scared the hell out of me. It's really scared the hell out of me. I uh, went back to my AA sponsor, who was a grumpy old doctor, pain in the ass. I told him, I said, well, now i got diabetes. And I, maybe I'm ready to try OA again. And uh, so he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm not going to tell you what to do anymore. But he said, if you're going to go back there, he said, why don't you try changing your attitude and uh, uh, go into a meeting and see what you can contribute rather than what you can take away. And uh, I said, well, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe I'll try that. So I did. Off I went to, a, to an OA meeting. And uh, I... Of course, being in another 12-step program, I knew I knew what you guys did in here. I just didn't want to do it. But I uh, I came in here with a different attitude. I I don't remember exactly what I did the first meeting I went to down in Orange County. But I uh, I don't know. I was greeting people at the door and setting up chairs, just something I could do and and uh, and to try to change my attitude. And uh, boy, it just worked marvelously. I, I couldn't believe it. I just had a whole different perception of what was going on here. I uh, 
thought, well, gee, this is going so good. I, uh, you know, I uh, maybe I better get myself an OA sponsor. And so uh, I went back to my AA sponsor, and a guy that he sponsored named Scott R was in this program at the time. Scott's dead now, and so is my, so is Paul. They're both gone now, but. Uh, so he hooked me up with Scott, and uh, Scott was my first OA sponsor. So I thought, boy, this is great. You got a sponsor, and uh, and got a meeting I'm going to, and I'm starting to feel a little better about things. And but I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't abstinent. I wasn't abstinent. And uh, what I say here is just my. This is just me. I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do or that I have some view of this program that's better than anybody else's because I don't. I'm just telling you what works for me and how it developed. Um, I consider abstinence to be a spiritual condition. Uh, that's it, period. There's no more to it. Uh, and I'll, I'll go into how I developed that perception of this thing. Anyway, <clears throat> and part of it is this relationship with my first sponsor. Uh, so the first night, first day of my accident, I um, was home, uh, and I could always go, I could have a pretty good breakfast, and, a, and so nothing in between, and then a pretty good lunch, and nothing in between, and a dinner, and there'd be a little gap, and then, bang, it would start. And boy, it would go on until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I'd just sit and eat in front of the TV while the rest of my family was in bed asleep, and that's, that's how I'd done it for years, and uh, um, so I've been around this program a little over 10 years, I've been absent 10 years, so that went on, and I'm 66, so I was I was well into my older years when I got to you guys, so I had done this all my life, it was, and uh, to think that coming to a meeting and getting a sponsor was going to stop it was pretty far-fetched to me. Anyway, uh, this first uh, day that I mark as my accidents, uh, I uh, got through the evening meal, went and a couple hours expired, and I headed right into the kitchen, which I normally did. That's what I always did. And I got into the kitchen, and I thought, well, Scott told me to call him before I did something, not after I did something, because he couldn't help me there. So I thought, well, you know, I don't know what he could possibly say that's going to stop this uh, thing. But I'm going to, he asked me to do it, and I was willing to listen. I was willing to listen, and uh, or willing to take the action, should I say. So I called him up, and I said, Scott, you know what? I said, I'm standing in the kitchen, and uh, I know full well what I'm going to do after I'm done talking to you. Uh, and uh, I, you told me to call you before I did it. Uh, rather than after, and so uh, I thought I'd call you and see what you had to say. <laughs> and he said, "You better start praying." And that was the end of the conversation. That's all I remember. That was the end of the conversation. And uh, I stood in that kitchen for a minute. I said, "Well, geez, that's the dumbest damn thing I ever heard in my life. How would anybody ever think that's going to stop? You know, that's never going to work. It just isn't going to work. It's ridiculous." And uh, uh, and I couldn't think of any prayers to say uh, at that moment, uh, so I just kind of dreamed one up. And I said, uh, and I was, again, I was just willing to try it. I, I didn't have any uh, faith that this thing was going to work at all. Uh, and so I said this. I said, God, relieve me of this obsession to eat compulsively. That's all I said. That's all I could think to say. 
And uh, I stood in that kitchen for about, I don't know how long, it wasn't long, three, four, five minutes, and walked out of that kitchen, and I have been absent every day since. I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe something that simple would work. And so, <clears throat> I, uh, geez, I couldn't wait to get back to my AA sponsor and tell him how great I was doing in OA. You know, I got it. <laughs> and uh, in fact, he always used to tell me. He said, "Well, AA stands for Altered Attitudes, Altered Attitudes." And so I thought, when I came into OA, I thought, "Well, I'm going to use that here too." So I, I say to you that OA to me stands for an overhauled attitude. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I've had here. It's overhauled my attitude. And so I see things differently today than when I did. I'm, my thinking is diametrically opposed to what I thought when I came in here. It's changed. Things that I thought were good, I'm, you know, I now think are bad. Things that I thought were bad, I now think are, are good. It's changed. Completely changed. Uh, and so, uh, off I went. And uh, I uh, lost touch with Scott and... Uh, Got, and I thought, well, uh, he suggested I get a sponsor closer to home. So I got a, I, I needed a sponsor. I knew I needed a sponsor, and I, uh, uh, I was afraid to wait too long to get another sponsor because I was so new here. Uh, so I grabbed the first guy I could, I could a fellow named Mike, and, uh, um, and I, so I, and he was a wonderful sponsor. He was a wonderful sponsor. He took me through the steps, uh, told me everything he knew about the program. Uh, we had a wonderful relationship. And, I'm, you know, I'm always grateful to him. I'm always grateful to both those guys. And uh, he also drifted away from the program. He, he left the program. And, again, I was left without a sponsor. Uh, and so uh, I, uh, I couldn't go with him. I just could not go with him there. And I, I, I called him and I said, you know, Mike, I love you and I appreciate everything you've done for me, but I have to get another sponsor. I have to, I have to maintain myself here. And he said, fine, I understand. I said, well, let's be friends and whatever. And so I got, a, I got another sponsor. My spon- and I've had that sponsor up till today, and that's uh, uh, Spencer W. from Santa Barbara. And I don't know if he's been here, but a lot of you know him. We've had a long, very long relationship, and uh, uh, so uh, anyway, uh, well, I'll tell you a little more, bit more about Mike. Mike left the program, and then came back some years later, and I ended up being his sponsor. <laughs> and that was great. And I thought, uh, well, now I, well, my first thought was I'm going to pay him back for what he did to me. <laughs> but uh, actually, what I did was I thought, boy, what a gift this is that I had the opportunity now to give back to somebody that, that gave to me. That's, that's really how I reflect on it today. And uh, so I did, and, and we had a relationship for a time. And anyway, so that was my early sponsorship uh, thing. Uh, anyway, I began to... Uh, Lose one of the sim- symptoms here that's very visible and gets a lot of attention, uh, but I've come to understand today it's only a symptom, and that was my weight. I do not for a minute believe that everybody in this world that ob- is obese is a compulsive overeater. I just don't. Be- I don't believe that. Some people, there's, we're we're just different, and uh, and I don't. Uh, uh, I tr- stop trying to. J- 
judge people by how much they weigh or how much they've lost. I don't think weight loss uh, means you're abstinent. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, and uh, so I've I've given that up. I, I can't see abstinence. I, I believe, for me anyway, abstinence is invisible. I cannot see abstinence. I, I just cannot see it. It's a spiritual condition which I cannot see uh, until you tell me. Until you get up here and you tell me, or you tell me in a, in a conversation, then I then I know. But uh, uh, me holding up a picture of myself at 255 pounds and then standing here and uh, not having the weight does not mean necessarily that I'm abstinent. I have done that before in my life. I have lost a lot of weight and then put it all back on again and then some. So uh, I've given up that pastime, I guess. Uh, and um, and I've come to understand it's just one of many symptoms that compulsive overeaters can have. Unfortunately, it's a visible one, and, and a lot of judgment, I think, on my part went on uh, by being able to see that. And I don't think any doctor in his right mind would ever make a diagnosis based on one symptom. And so I had to put weight into its perspective here. Uh, and I think a lot of people come in that are, you know, bulimic, anorexic. Uh, I have a guy I sponsor that's never been overweight in his life, and he's a stone-cold compulsive overeater. And I, you know, it, it just, I, there's just no way of recognizing it. So uh, it's interesting, these 12-step uh, programs, especially here, we don't really diagnose uh, compulsive overeating as a disease. We're not able to diagnose it. You don't become a compulsive overeater until you raise your hand and say you're a compulsive overeater. So it's kind of a, a sick person dying, diagnosing himself and then asking some other sick son of a bitch to try to help him get well. <laughs> I don't know how that works. I don't know how it works. It, but it works. It works. It's amazing. It, it uh, absolutely amazes me about the, this 12-step process. It, it, it uh, just absolutely amazes me. Uh, the other thing I am thinking about as I go along those, as I talk to you about that is this, I, um, you know, this disease certainly uh, has effects on my perception. And um, I, uh, I think it's always an interesting where I can have a guy that I sponsor call me uh, and tell me a problem, and boy, I can come up with the, the most brilliant answer you've ever heard just like that. Uh, it just amazes me. I'm just, you know, really impressed with myself when I do that. I'm just amazed. Uh, until... Until I have the exact same problem five minutes later, and I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue what the solution is. I do not have a clue until I call my sponsor, and then he tells me. And I said, "Well, I knew that. Why couldn't I come up with that on my own?" And it just doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. It, it, uh, uh, my connection to my higher power is through you guys, through my sponsor. And if I had a direct line to God, which I don't, but if I did, believe me, I would not be in OA. I wouldn't need you guys. So I come here to hear. Uh, I come here to hear from my higher power. I I, I just uh, I I pray and I meditate, uh, but I've never had a direct communication with God. I just have not had Him directly talk to me. But I feel uh, when I come here or when I interact with my sponsor, I am I'm interacting with my higher power. That's how that's how my feeling of this thing is. Now, um, I want to talk a little bit about the steps, and uh, uh, the steps were very important to me, and um, uh, I, I use them every day. I make a game out of it, trying to 
you know, fit my higher power into different parts of my life uh, with the use of the steps, which makes it a little easier. Uh, when I was new, I remember talking to my sponsor. I said, well, you know, I've got so many problems here, and then there's these 12 steps. How do you know which step to put which, you know, how do you match, you know, it's just so confusing. I, and uh, he said, Jim, why don't you just pick a number between 1 and 12? <laughs> and uh, that'll be your solution to that problem. And I said, well, that's pretty simple. And that works great for me. It just works wonderfully, you know. And uh, um, so um, that's what I do. I kind of make a game out of it. Anyway, I've come to the understanding, or I've come to the belief, or my belief is this. Uh, that the steps are the way we communicate with each other. They're communication tools in a way. I'm not redefining them. I'm just telling you, for me, they're communication tools. Uh, uh, like when uh, newcomers come in and uh, they're doing a first step, they don't even know it. Uh, you know, it gives us... And by the way, newcomers are just extremely important here. They're extremely important because if you didn't come here, there would be nobody to do a 12-step with. We wouldn't have anybody to do a 12-step with to carry the message to. We're carrying the message to newcomers. So by you being here, we're giving us an opportunity to do, a, do our 12 steps. So it's a very important process. But that's how we communicate. You know, you do a first, I do a 12. Uh, you know, I communicate with my sponsor uh, uh, with a fourth and a fifth. And uh, I communicate with my higher power with an 11th. Uh, or a sixth and a seventh and eleventh, and so to me they they look like communications tools, and that's so that's how I that's how I look at them. And then we have the twelve traditions, and that's the way I try to conduct uh, my relationships in here, or how we, we do that as a group. We do the steps as individuals, the traditions as a group. But I want to talk a little bit about the traditions too. Uh, I've been married uh, for forty three years. I just got a divorce here about a year ago, and uh, so it's a big change for me. Big change, and um, we're we're both at uh, my ex-wife and I are both at ease. We're good friends, uh, and we just, it was time to, to go our own way. So that's the best I can tell you. I'm not telling you I didn't contribute to it or anything else. I'm just telling you that's the way it is today. So it's a she's an Al-Anon, I'm an Al-Anon, I'm an OA, and, and so we've we found a, a way to. Uh, smooth this thing over and communicate by virtue of, uh, of our pro- both our programs. Anyway, uh, so that's, that's, that's that story. Now, the interesting part of this is I'm dating. Here I am, 66 years old. I'm da- <laughs> and it's so much damn fun, I can't even tell you. Right? <laughs> I mean, I haven't had so much fun since I was 16. I just... <laughs> That, that excitement of dating again doesn't go away with age, believe me. Uh, uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's a very exciting process. And I'm dating a girl uh, now uh, who I'm, we've been dating for a while, and uh, she's also in program. She's a very serious program person and a little too serious sometimes. But anyway, uh, she came up with this bright idea that, well, listen, since these traditions are for relationships, she had this workbook where she used with her sponsor that actually applied the traditions to, uh, you know, uh, a relationship, a a specific relationship, a man and a woman. So we're doing that together now. We're doing that workbook together. We're using the traditions of this program to to have uh, boundaries and 
and uh, limits and, and, and how we do our, our relationship. And it's working great so far. <laughs> We're only on the first edition, but it, it's working good. It, it, but I'll, next time I come, I'll let you know how it's going. So, uh, getting back to recovery. Um, so, uh, let's see. I get uh, talk a little bit more about uh, this idea of uh, me defining abstinence as being a spiritual condition. Um, we were talking before the meeting. I can find that I have a lot of differences with OA, uh, and I spent a lot of time trying to find what what wasn't right in here. But my attitude has changed over the years, and a lot of things I st- still do not agree with in OA. Uh, and um, this is, I'm not trying to voice my opinion. I'm just telling you my experience here. I now have, have cha- also changed my attitude about that. I still disagree with things in OA, uh, but I'm no longer in here looking for them anymore. I'm looking for what's right here, and then I expand on that, okay? And that's a big shift for me. And I, the reason I bring that up is because I was spending so much time analyzing everything here and trying to find fault with it, it almost drove me right off the door. And, and there's plenty to find fault with if you're looking for it. And I found a lot of it. But I, I really had to change my attitude about it. And so I, uh, a buddy of mine in uh, OA down in Orange County, I says, you know, you go where the love is. You go where the love is. Not where you think it is. You go where the love is. And this is where it is in these rooms. You know? and so that's what I want. And so I'm willing to change my attitude and look for what's right in here. So, uh, I, uh, if abstinence is a spiritual condition, if it's a spiritual condition for me, then I have to define it not as merely the act of stopping compulsive eating. That's, that's, that didn't work for me. If it was that simple... Why do I need? Why would I need OA? I don't, I don't need OA because I can stop. I ha- and I have stopped compulsive. I've, I've, I can do that. The problem is I can't do it for long periods of time. I've never done it for ten years. So for m- myself, I had to redefine that. It is the uh, now I define it as the God-given power to stop eating compulsively. That makes much more sense to me because I can't look at it as something I'm going to achieve through willpower and uh, some crazy food plan or, any, or weigh in myself every day. That is, not, that is not going to do it for me. I've had to find a spiritual solution here uh, to this, which I believe to be a medical problem. I have a medical problem. I have an abnormal reaction uh, to compulsive overeating. It's an abnormal reaction. I can't give you a medical uh, description of it, but that's what it is to me. I am not addicted to food. I have never considered myself a food addict of any sort at all. I, uh, I am addicted to compulsive overeating. That's what I'm addicted to. If I were to, um, if I, if I were to think that I was addicted to food, I think I would have a really serious problem, very serious problem, because the only solution I could find to that would be to stop eating totally. That, that, otherwise... Uh, I think I started to believe that somehow in OA, 
we had found some magic solution where we could indulge in a substance three times a day to which we were addictive, addicted, and nothing happened. It's like saying a heroin addict can shoot up three times a day and not go, and that was it. That's all it can do. And I just don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe it. And I, I can't, I, I have a hard time believing that uh, God or, would create me uh, an individual or a human being that needed food to exist uh, and, uh, and have me be addicted to it. I just, I, I, I don't, I can't, I just, I couldn't, just couldn't incorporate that in my recovery. So I'm addicted to the act of compulsive overeating. Uh, and therefore, if, uh, if that's the case, and it, has, it is my thinking that that is the case, I, uh, uh, adhering, I have a food plan, by the way. It's three moderate meals a day, nothing in between. And uh, I allow myself one snack, and it depends on just timing if I'm traveling or something, and I... I'll have a snack sometimes and then to get me through to the meal or whatever. Uh, so, uh, so most of the time I don't do it, but it's available to me. But that's basically my food plan. I do not uh, indulge in any recreational sugar, caffeine, white bread, aspartame. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. So it's pretty simple. I don't weigh and measure food or anything of the sort. Uh, it, uh, uh, it's a pretty simple food plan. But uh, I guess my point is here is this. Me adhering to that food plan and then losing weight is not abstinence uh, to me. It's not abstinence. That's a diet and the results of a diet. So I, I think and I incorporate into my program this idea that my food plan and adhering to it is only uh, a vehicle to uh, support my abstinence, which is spiritual. That's all. It'll, it'll, it just takes away a block that is between me and my higher power. And I find the solution uh, there. That's where I find my solution. So uh, I, uh, I think weight loss is fine. I don't have any argument with it. I, I don't you want to lose weight. That's fine with me. I was happy to have weight loss, but it was just a side benefit of what I was doing here. It wasn't ever my primary goal here. And I know what I weigh, uh, um, but I, uh, I don't think it's any of my business. It's just none of my business. It's not, I, you know, when I go to the doctor, they weigh me, they tell me, and uh, I've just taken the position that I'm an interested observer in my higher power's work. That's how I look at it. You know, so I weigh. That's what I weigh. That's what he wants me to weigh. That's fine with me. I, I, you know, I didn't come here to lose 100 pounds or anything of the sort. That's what happened, but I didn't come here to do it. And so I don't weigh myself. I... When I start thinking, uh, when I thought in the past of doing that, I think that's an ego pursuit. That's something he's not involved in. That's something I'm pursuing, and it's distracting me from re- from recovery here. And so I just don't do it. Uh, and um, and I like the idea of just being an interested observer here. It makes it very comfortable for me in that, in that sense with the weight thing. So that's how I look at the weight and the food thing. Uh, anyway, I don't know how much time i got left here, but... Um, I, uh, I'd, I'd like to share, I always like to share, uh, I, I, you know, we have tools, our tools, our list of tools we use here. And uh, I, add, I add two more tools to that, uh, which, which are very important. In fact, they're right on the top of the list. The first one is prayer and the other one is exercise. And so I have... You know, I have my tools. I just add those two to my list. That's all. 
I'm not trying to change your way's tools. I've given that up. Uh, anyway, uh, I, uh, I want to talk a little bit about exercise and how it evolved and how I and took something. Uh, and I told you I played this game with the steps and, and you know, try to incorporate different things into my program and make them spiritual. And uh, getting back to that food plan just a minute before I get on this exercise thing. Uh, the way I make a food plan spiritual is, is pretty simple. I, and I share it with my higher power. And, and this is something uh, I, I certainly pray and meditate. Uh, I want to tell you how I conduct a meal just because it's important to me. And it's, been, and it's become more important as time goes on. I ask my, before I touch food, before a meal, I get in touch with my higher power. I do some prayer meditation. I ask him for an abstinent, moderate, and spiritual meal. And if I have to say those prayers a few times to get my head cleared and make contact, that's what I do. Uh, and then I go ahead and I have my meal, and I consider it to be a spiritual activity. It's a spiritual activity. That's what it is, period. It has a beginning, has an end. It's time with my higher power. That's it. And the in-between starts. So uh, I, um, that worked great. I, I just worked so damn well. I was it just unbelievable. I've been doing it ever since I got asked, and it just works great. And I, I consider that meal. Well, anyway, some time back here, I got to thinking one day. I thought, uh, geez, you know, it's so wonderful to have this connection with my higher power and this spiritual activity I made this meal out of. I've never once thought of inviting my higher power to come to the, and join me in the meal. And I said, that's kind of rude. It's really rude. Uh, if, I, you know, if I were your higher power, I'd, you know, and I was giving you this meal and, and, you're, and uh, giving it to you to nourish yourself and so forth, it'd be kind of nice if you invited me. I'd feel a little put off if you didn't invite me. So I thought, well, uh, I'm going to try that. And so that's what I've been doing uh, for, for the last... I don't know, a couple of years, I guess. It's kind of an expansion of that. So I say, uh, you know, God, please come and join me, you know, in this meal that you're providing me. You're providing me with this wonderful meal, and uh, I'd like you to join me and share in this experience of absence, this wonderful gift that you've given me. I want you to share it. Come and share it with me. <coughs> uh, and I can't tell you I don't think, I'll try, how, what a wonderful experience that is. There is no danger there. There's no threat from food. There's no fear of going off on a Nothing. It's just a very calm, peaceful, serene experience, having that meal. I look forward to that meal three times a day, but not necessarily... You know, it's not for the food and, and the nourishment. And I get hungry and I like food. That, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a very special time of the day that I, I share with my higher power. And he shares with me. And it has made this thing so easy. I mean, it's just a very pleasurable experience. And I, you know, I, I recommend it real highly if you want to try it. Anyway, um, that works well for me. That's, that's, that's what I do. And um, I want to, I'm going to stop here just because I only got a few minutes. I want to talk about exercise just a little bit because it's been a, a big part of what happened here. That old doctor sponsor of mine, I uh, wrestled with low-grade depression most of my life. And 
And uh, I went, tried to con him out of some medication one time. Yeah. It, <laughs> and I say he's the biggest pain in the ass in my life. <laughs> he would have no part of it, and he suggested I try exercising. Well, I mean, I was 255 pounds. I'd had two heart operations. Uh, I'd never exercised in my life. And I thought, what is this guy talking about? He's trying to kill me here, you know. And so I thought, uh, well, I'll, you know, again, I was willing to try it. And I walked around the block, and I was just sweating profusely. And that's all I could do. That's all I could do. And uh, anyway, he put, hooked me up with another sobriety brother of mine who was a runner. And I started following him around the track. I walked around, you know, uh, the track and followed him around. And, and one day he asked me to run a quarter of a mile. He said, you've been walking around this track forever. He said, you know, you'd probably be capable of running a quarter mile. I said, well, you know, Chris, that's a great idea, except for one thing. You don't understand. I've got heart problems, and, you know, uh, I know that my heart doctor would never, ever approve of me trying to run. And he said, why don't you go ask him? I said, well, I will. And so uh, my uh, heart doctor is a guy named Greg Thomas down in Orange County. He's a friend of mine now. I've been, he's amazed by what you guys have done with me, I guess. <laughs> so I went to Greg. I said, you know, Greg, I said, I got this buddy and, and this crazy sponsor is also a doctor, and uh, they're uh, asking me, you know, they were kind of encouraging me to start running. And I told them that you would never, ever approve of that. You would never approve of that because I've got heart problems. And he hesitated for a minute. He said, you know what, Jim? Considering the condition you're in, anything would be worth the risk. <laughs> so, off I went running, and, uh, you know, it just one thing turned into another. And I'm not a marathon runner or anything of the sort. I'm not trying to impress you here uh, much. But uh, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm at 66, I'm striving to be a competitive 10K runner. That's what I want to be. I'm a 10K runner, and I'm trying to be competitive. i got a coach, and I work at it very hard. But anyway, I decided that would be the time for me to do my 11th step, that to make it spiritual, to make it part of, it's not just exercise anymore, it's spiritual activity, just like the meal thing, you know what I mean? And so I do my prayer and meditation, and, uh, and uh, while I'm running in the morning and so forth, and, and uh, it, it, it worked great, it worked great. Now, anyway, I lost my running partner, Chris, and I went back to my sponsor, and I said, well, I lost my running partner, I really need somebody to kind of encourage me. He says, well, why don't you, you know, make this your 11th step time, and I did that, and that worked good, and I went back, and I told him, well, that's working fine, too, and so it worked so well, I thought I would make my higher power my running partner since I didn't have one. So I asked him, and he didn't actually tell me that, that he was. But uh, uh, funniest thing, I always do 11 steps in the morning. I said, well, God, uh, you know, I'm seeking through this prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with you, praying only for knowledge of your will for me. Now, uh, I found a little loophole in the 11th step, by the way. If you want me to do this, if you want, really want me to get up out of this warm bed and go out in the cold and run uh, in the morning, you're going to have to give me the power to do it. I'm, I'm, you're going to have to give me the power to do it. And uh, so uh, I wait a while, and then I put on my running shoes, and off I go. And I, he has never missed a run. <laughs> In ten years, he has never missed a run. And so... Uh, what I'm trying to tell you, this is how I put spiritual content into that. So it's no longer running or exercise or anything. It's started spiritual activity. It's just the action part of my 11th step. That's all. And so uh, that, that also has worked well for me. 
So, uh, how much time do I have left now? Or am I all zero? <laughs> well, I guess it's time to stop. Anyway, I want to tell you what a fun it is to come down here. Great group, see old people that I know, not old age-wise, <laughs> but uh, people that I see. This is a very small world in these 12-step programs, and it's just a, you know, always a pleasure to see people I know and and so forth and so on. So I'm just, uh, I love you all very much. I love this program, and I, I hope you catch that same enthusiasm uh, that I have for this program if you're new. And, uh, and that's what we really share here is our enthusiasm uh, for this program. And I'm glad I was here to share mine with you tonight. Thanks.